When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you been a victim of a scalper and now you wander lost in the wild and fear that the toys you're hunting for will forever be out of your reach? Well, my fellow toy junkies, fear not. I have the answer. Well, actually, I don't, but these toy store owners do. Find them with me, Bevan, at a toy store near you, the podcast. What up, everyone? This is Bevan, and welcome to a Toy Store Near You podcast, a companion podcast to the show, A Toy Store Near You, now available on the Nacelle Company's YouTube channel and Prime. Today, we are talking to Bric-a-Brac Records and Toy Collectibles. I am really excited because they are avid fans of 90s collectible toys, and I'm a 90s kid. And this is the first toy store to actually advertise that they specialize in 90s collectible toys and records. I wonder if they're also rock stars too. Let's go find out, shall we? Nick, how are you doing today? Oh, doing fine. The snow has thawed a little in here in Chicago. and Oh, right. You guys just got a bunch of snow, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, how is Chicago right now? I'm not aware of the full... I'm in New York, so um, our lockdown methods are kind of like we just can't have indoor dining right now. That's basically what we have. What's going on in Chicago? Dining is not allowed, but I think like barber shops and stuff are able to operate. We could be open if we wanted to, but it just feels so reckless to encourage in-person shopping. Uh, gotcha. we, we shut ourselves down in October. Um, right. And have just been online only since then. How is that going? Because I, re I recall in the episode you were saying that you guys are not really built for like a digital storefront. You're more of like an in-person thing and that's what you guys want to be in terms of a business model. But because of Corona, we've had to adjust. So how has things changed for you since then? I think we've, we've hit our stride. I mean, I feel like the biggest hurdle for me was just the philosophy of it and getting, yeah. getting over my, my hangups with selling stuff online. I think we figured out a good way to, I guess, well, so my my biggest fear was that mm -hmm. we were just going to become a nameless e-commerce vendor that had random toys on eBay. And we've luckily been able to really flesh out our proper website to a point where it still feels like we're kind of connecting with our our audience i think within a couple months of like opening the shop and running our instagram page i stopped using hashtags because i hated the traffic that it brought it was just like random people that had no vested interest in our business and so from that early early point it's always just been about being hyper local and catering to our direct audience. And because I think we've built that up, even though not everybody, obviously not all of our followers are 
in Chicago, it still it still feels like there's more of a meaningful connection to ship a Simpsons toy to someone in Burbank who bought it from breakerbreakrecords.com instead of like putting stuff up for auction on eBay that could just be any random person. So we have added like 2,000 things to our website. Wow. Uh, yeah. A lot That's of great. A lot of logging time on the computer uh which that's all i have these days yeah you have nothing but time my friend uh, yeah so um it's it's paying off and i mean i know obviously the the episode of this series is going to focus very much so on our toy collectible side of the business but records are are a huge part of of our cash flow and people have been really good about buying new releases, even though that's a kind of a weird thing these days. And we've gotten some really good used records in. And that's a lot, that's a lot easier to put on the website than the toys because we do take unique photos for all the toys and records I can just kind of plug and play. You know what I find interesting about records is that they seem to be making like a cool comeback in the sense of like, oh, it's kind of trendy to have a record. I saw records being sold at Barnes and Noble of all places. Oh like, yeah. Wow, that's odd. Aldi, Aldi sells records now. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they're out there now. They, I think last year, for the first time since like 1980 or something, records outsold CDs, which, you know, there's plenty of plenty of factors at play there, but it's still a pretty big milestone. Uh, yeah, I think it's impressive that it's it, it has a comeback because a lot of, especially like I found find that a lot of millennials seem to be wanting to buy records right now. And even my sister, who's considered a class Gen Zer, she got recently into like the 70s and wanting to wear like 70s style and decorating her dorm room like the 70s. And she wanted a record player and she's got a record player and she wants to collect records. And it's like, wow, this 19 year old wants records. This is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah catching on nick i gotta ask though because i've been running into this running gag with all the toy store owners that they all used to be rock rock band members in the past before they have they started owning toy stores and then like i watch your episode i'm like oh look he brings rock bands into his store as well were you ever in a rock band well i guess that yes yeah <laughs> cool. uh, my my more official background is in production, live live music production, which is a big part of why we have so much live music at our store. Okay. Uh, when I was in college, I worked in radio and booked concerts for uh, our college venue. And then I worked at a venue in Cleveland for a year. And then we moved here and I worked at a booking agency and then moved to another venue and then moved to another venue. And I was like the hospitality manager uh, for like a 500 capacity theater venue for four years and then left that to open the store. Wow, that's really fascinating. Um, I've actually only, I think only since owning the store have I actually been on stage as a performer. Um, Ooh, what do you play? Usually, well, <laughs> uh, it's, I guess that's a weird question for me. Uh, I was going to say usually bass, but 
I actually, I'm a drummer. Um, nice. My, my wife and I, Jen. Yeah. Uh, and then two other friends of ours have a band where I'm the drummer and Jen plays bass. Nice. But we also had a Ramones cover band where I was Joey and Jen was Dee Dee. Nice. Um, when I shave and wear a wig and, and purple sunglasses, I, I can be a pretty convincing Joey Ramone. That's awesome. That's great. I love that. It's, it's, I, I just love that there is like this running gag and this pattern of toy store owners that also are band rock band members. And it's always like rock bands too. I was like, that's so funny. And uh, what do you think the correlation is with that? Like rock band members and toys? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, which is hinted at in our episode. And I know with Brian Flynn and probably with the Farpoint folks, there's also the horror movie yep. element. Uh-huh. I, I feel like it, it's just a very uh, consistent kind of subculture. They all, they all just connect. Because you wouldn't think on paper, toys, rock band, you wouldn't necessarily think it'd be the same thing. I mean, I understand like, like people that are wrestlers because, you know, wrestlers have also like, they're kind of, they're like superheroes in their own way and they have their own action figures and toys. So I would imagine like, I, like I buy wrestlers being toy store owners and stuff like that. But when I saw about, I'm just learning so much when I saw this like pattern continue about rock band members owning toy stores, I was like, wow, I wonder where that common mentality is in the brain that everyone has. I, I think maybe it is something to do with the fact that being a rock band member kind of gives you your youth a little bit and toys also inspire to hold on to your youth, something like that. that that's the new theory I'm going with. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept it. I mean, I've worn the same kind of clothes for 25 years. I'm, I'm not looking to mature uh, any much more than I, than I am <laughs> at this point. So that certainly would apply. That's great. So Nick, tell me a little bit about the backstory about how you got involved with the Nacelle company and Brian. I honestly, I think it was just, well, specifically for this project, another store that is going to be featured, I hope in the near future, um, another Chicago store, Toy Du Jour. I think I just saw that they posted something about the initial pitch and I just, I reached out to Rich, I guess, and said, hi, we'd love to be part of it. But going back further, just in a social sense, Jen and I have become internet friends with uh, one of the editors from Toys That Made Us. Fuzzfang is his Instagram. What's uh, his Instagram name? I want to follow him. Fuzzfang. The- Buzz Buzzfang? Buzz. Buzzfang. Oh, Fuzzfang. Uh, I'm going to follow dude. him right now. Yeah, he. I know he worked on the inaugural season of uh, The Toys That Made Us, which that's how we first came, found out about the shows because we were, we were friends through the internet. And I don't even remember how that happened, but, you know, that these things happen these days. You yeah. Just, like-minded individuals usually end up in the algorithm together and um he's a great guy and does incredible work because his editing is supreme uh 
I really enjoy the editing of a toys, the toys that made us, and even a toy store near you. The editing is really spot on yeah, too. Definitely, um, I think it 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 just makes such a difference for making the content so much more universally entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of episodes of the toys that made us that I'm sure plenty of people would not initially gravitate to, or if it's a toy line that you have no nostalgia for it's still really entertaining to watch because they do such a great job of telling the story and making it entertaining at the same time. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, I am a 90s kid. So any of the toy lines, like for instance, I didn't grow up with G.I. Joe. I didn't, I'm a Star Wars person over Star Trek. So it's like, I, I don't know much about Star Trek, but I watched the episode because I just thought, the first episode of Star Wars was just so good. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'll watch Star Trek. I'll do this. I think the My Little Pony episode is my favorite out of all of them. My Little Pony is pretty solid. Not a group that I identify with, but I really like the episode. Yeah, it was a very, very good episode. Did you film everything just on iPhones or did you get somebody to come in and shoot some stuff? I think it was technically a Google Pixel 3. Ooh. I think I did most of it. I'm a, I'm an Android. Oh, you're an Android. Android man. So that's yeah. okay. We can still be friends. If it makes you feel any better, I'm also I have an iPhone, but I only have PCs. I do not like Macs. I can't do it. I guess we're we are the opposite in that. Oh, uh, you have a Mac computer. <laughs> yeah, the footage, the super pro looking footage in our episode of the music video, and there's like the full like legit looking band playing in the shop with like lighting and fog machines and all that and the drone shots those are from the same music video uh, which I had nothing to do with gotcha did they ever this is another thing I've been finding out too that you would send in footage and then Brian and Rich would come up and be like okay great now I need you to go film some more stuff because we need these things did that happen to you oh totally even my cousin noticed this pretty quickly uh my beard change shrinks and grows between cuts and jen's hairstyle changes throughout the episode just because yeah we filmed a ton of stuff back in april or whatever and then um, as it got closer to ours being edited and everything back in like august and september we sent more stuff in so yes we did we did some retakes and stuff hey hey look it came out to be a really great episode and i'm excited because you were the first toy store owner that i have talked to records as well that say that you specialize in 90s toys and i've been having this debate with other toy owners about is 90s toys vintage and stuff like that and a lot of them because some of them are just strictly like really vintage toy collectibles and 90s is like on this cusp of like it kind of is but it's kind of not yeah i mean i think as much as I don't want it to be the case, I kind of feel like the rule of thumb is like 20 year threshold for what's considered vintage, at least for me, uh-huh. which unfortunately means toys from like 2000 are now considered a, a vintage item. So that's kind of upsetting, uh, but. but uh, <laughs> like ages us a little bit, like oh, yeah. 90s is considered vintage. What? Uh, I think 90s is definitely vintage. I mean, 
you know, I think depending on the franchise, you know, the bulk of Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters is from the 90s. A lot of Ninja Turtles is from the 90s. So yep. I don't think you can really be that hard line about it. Those are some of the most iconic toy lines there ever were. So Yeah, and Power Rangers too. Oh, like- yeah. Power Rangers, of course. That, like, aged me. When I was like, oh, Power Rangers is vintage now? No. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, especially especially if you're starting to get, like, Toys R Us exclusive. Yep. Re-release lines in your retro packaging. I think that means that it's a vintage. I got to tell you, when I was a kid, this is, like, one of my, the most vivid memories I have about collecting toys or just buying toys as a kid when Power Rangers, the first year Power Rangers came out, they had not, I guess, made enough toys and Toys R Us had to do this like thing where you got there early in the morning and you were limited to the amount of toys of Power Rangers you could purchase. Yeah, I think the something with any collector on some level, but especially uh, people that are in the business you know, we all dream about that time machine where you can go back to 1984 and get all this stuff on clearance at Toys R Us, or I guess 1986 or 87. And so you're kind of chasing that potential, like, okay, it's 2020. Yeah. What can I go buy at clearance that in 20 years is going to be an iconic vintage toy? That's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you if you do any um, investing, we, toy toy investing. Uh, we have a, a small stash of mostly the penultimate Ninja Turtles toy line nice. uh, for like the Nickelodeon series that ended about four or five years ago. Uh, I remember that series, yeah. Great series. Writing was great. Yeah. Choreography was really good. And it was definitely, if I bet if Brian Flynn watched and anyone else that's a toy horror nerd, uh, you would notice there's several very obvious horror references throughout some of those episodes. Ooh. Uh, well, there's a few super obvious and then there's a few neat, like super obscure that I noticed that. So it's got to be written by people that are into horror or uh some connecting factor connecting factor toys cartoons and horror just group them together and put a rock band in there and we're good to go but yeah so we have some some uh, we have kind of a lot actually of those ninja turtle toys and then are you investing in any baby yoda merch no (laughs) no no not even the black series nope no Uh, Star Wars is, I'm not a Star Wars guy. I'm, I would say I'm a fan. You know, I've definitely seen the original trilogy a few times through. Right. Prequels, not even all of them. You're not missing much. I'm, I'm sure. I liked uh, Rogue, yeah, see. I can't Rogue even- One. Rogue, Rogue One, one. I got the, you. The newest of the, or the oldest of the new. Yep. That was the first one. Uh, no, The Force Awakens was the first one. Force Awakens. Yeah. 
I liked that. Saw that a couple times. Okay, great. Oh yeah, Rogue One was like the prequel. Yeah, it was the one where they try to get the Death Star plans. And then right. you have that famous Vader scene at the end that was yeah. just made the movie. Uh, yes, Vader. But so anyway, um, the toy line was never anything I personally was interested in. Even as a store, we avoided it for a really long time just because it felt like such a such an epic world of collecting that since I didn't really know much about it, uh, just from my own personal interest, it seemed really intimidating to try to attack it as a reseller. Uh, no, that makes sense. If you're not passionate about it, you're not going to sell it as strongly as you would like Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I, we did finally. And, you know, over the years, we certainly accumulated small pockets of the figures, which we kind of just stashed away. Uh, and we did finally, during the quarantine, we were like, well, you know what? We've got a few bags of these. We might as well put them out. Yeah, um, and luckily we do have some friends that are very well versed in the the original toy line, and they helped us identify some of those ridiculously small, intricately sculpted <laughs> accessories. Yeah, but yeah, as far as the new the new stuff, we do have a couple Ray dolls uh -huh. that we saved because that's a pretty big milestone and in toy history, I would say. Probably the first mainstream mass-produced woman lead. Yes, I mean, Ahsoka Tano is technically the first female mass-produced Jedi, but she's not technically the lead in Clone Wars, the cartoon, but she's now gonna get her own uh, TV show, so. Is that the one that Rosario Dawson played? Yep. Cool, saw that. See, look, you got it, got, you got it. I would say I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm yeah not a fanatic no 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 and that's completely fine that character is from the clone wars cartoon yeah i've seen images of that yes very and cool she, character design it's very cool and she was voiced by ashley Eckstein, who owns uh, her universe the clothing line her universe oh i do know about that seen, see connecting uh oh jen really likes uh freddie prince jr so we are aware of his tenure on yep on Clone Wars, there you go. She was able to get his autograph because of our friend who is a fanatic and who goes to celebration. Yep. And and Freddie was there, so he got he got Jen an autograph from Freddie. Do you guys have you guys been affected by the cancellation of all the Comic Cons this year? So that's not something that we've done as a business. Okay. Because I mean, Chicago's got you know C two E two, of course. Right. Um and Wizard World, yep. and fa, 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 something with an F. I can't remember. There's a few. And we've attended them when we can sneak out free passes. But the table fees, especially for C2E2, it's so, it's, it's a lot to try to make back. And honestly, you know, a lot of it is just marketing expense. You know, mm -hmm. you're in a table to be in front of so many people and whatever you sell is great. But we mostly do super small like horror conventions as as businesses. Okay. Or as as a as a seller when we do tabling. There'll be like movie marathons here, like around Halloween at uh, the Music Box Theater and another group, Terror in the Isles, does like 24-hour horror movie marathons. And so we'll set up at those. But yeah, the the toy cons or sorry, the 
Comic Cons. Comic Cons, Toy Cons. Also, there is a Toy Con. So yeah, yeah there's a, there's a couple. There's a great toy show here um, every year. The Kane County. There's two two twice a year. Kane County Toy Show, which we have. Actually, no. This year was supposed to be our first year to vend at it. Uh, wow. And then yeah, we didn't get to. Even even if it's not that we lost out on selling stuff, there's always a nice bump of of people in town and they you can usually sense it in the shop there'll be people that come by and there's a couple people that i know just from being a regular con attendee slash chicago shopping trip attendee so hope they're doing okay yeah no i have a couple of friends that rely on the cons to survive and it's been a hard time but i mean look everyone's getting through it as best as they can and it's a new year and we're going to be optimistic what are your plans in terms so you said you could technically be open right now have you guys like set a bar of like okay this is when we will feel comfortable and safe to open the store uh the answer is no i guess we we haven't set a concrete threshold but we've been pretty cautious maybe overly so okay Uh, but chicago's chicago's numbers have just been really bad I don't, I don't think we're going to wait for the country to be 100% COVID free before we, <laughs> I, I think we, we will reopen probably if I had to guess in the spring at some point, but yeah, I'm sure we'll still have our mask and hand sanitizer and capacity limits for, for some time afterwards. Yeah. We already, even at the, over the summer, we kind of redesigned Re redesigned the store, and there's not really a performance space anymore. Oh, because uh, not gonna happen for a long time. No, well, especially unfortunately, concerts because it's the the whole purpose of that is to kind of like mosh yourself together and kind yeah. of jam it out, and uh, that's kind of a big no no right now. Yeah, well, and I think even more specific to our situation, I mean, the bands, the bands that we would host, they're not playing arenas you know it's like yeah very uh independent low attendance kind of you know it it would be a, a packed house if we had like 30 people 40 people and so for those bands just the idea of getting back out on the road you know bands playing i mean i guess i don't know what i'm saying actually i guess i was gonna say you know like taylor swift is gonna have the resources to perform in a way that has more robust health considerations in place you know she could probably figure out some way to do like rapid testing and have the staff to enforce distancing or something you know but for a band for a band that's going to tour and play in someone's basement and sleep on their couch the reality of health risks is so much more extreme so I think the the smaller independent tour circuits are going to be even later to repopulate. Yeah, because um, unless you can put everyone at a ball, which you know some of those have you seen some of those videos of like some like ra- raves where everyone's in like those little plastic big balls that they yeah. put you in there and yeah. they jam in there. Yeah, yeah that's not going to be happening for the warehouse scene. No, but like I said, it's a new year and by 2022, I'm going to say that we're, we're back on track for that. 
Uh, are you keeping in touch with some of the band members to be like, hey, you know, not right now, but maybe in a year, if you're still around, I'll, I'll reach out to you and bring you back. Is the goal to bring the bands back eventually? Not exactly. You know, I think, so basically, I mean, the the real logistics of our programming at the shop was basically just kind of piggybacking off of bands that were on tour and maybe playing at a bar or something. So, I mean, we were always, I don't think we talked about this or whatever we talked about didn't end up in the episode, but we were super focused on like all ages events. Chicago actually doesn't have a super strong official all ages performance space, you know, every now and then, like, like kind of the big arena rock pop star shows, those, those are most often all ages or definitely all 18 plus. Right. Uh, but for, yeah, bands on the smaller circuits, their options are really just to play at bars. So for those bands that have fans that are underage, they didn't really have anywhere to go. So that would oftentimes be what happened is, you know, I would see a band that I liked that was scheduled to play at a bar and I would say, hey, do y'all want to come play at the shop before your bar show so you can play for younger audience? I think we do have a very good reputation and people like playing at the shop, but I guess what I'm getting at is it's not exactly like an active scheduling like that. So, I mean, I did, we had to cancel some stuff that was in the works and certainly those situations, I was like, let me know when you're here next and we'll figure it out. And also I guess local, a lot of local bands will do like a record release event or something at our store. And we did have to reschedule 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 uh, quotation uh, marks for those listening reschedule to uh, be determined yeah tbd yep. i mean it i feel for the entertainment industry they are really really suffering just as much as the toy stores are in a sense too yep. I, I i'm really glad you guys are at least doing well enough with online sales where where can people find the product are you doing uh facebook are you doing instagram shopify uh at the moment it's all just on brickerbrackrecords.com Okay. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And I did check out your Instagram and you guys got a decent following going on right that. Yeah, it's uh I'm happy with it. Good. I get yeah, back to the hashtag avoidance. It just yeah, it feels so much more organic to know that like all these people started following us because they sought us out. Yeah. And, and not, you know, hashtag masters of the universe. <laughs> hashtag matchers hashtag he man hashtag castle grayskull hashtag skeletor hashtag <laughs> are you excited for the new he-man cartoon i uh, you know we love the, the new she-ra uh series on netflix it was awesome i didn't watch any of it but i know we were excited for the prospect of that thundercats reboot and jen i think was a little underwhelmed with that so I'm waiting for the live action Thundercats to just be announced because I feel like it's coming. If cats, if cats could do it. I know, right? Like, step. Listen, I mean, what a digital did Planet of the Apes and did a pretty good job. I want those people to take Thundercats under their wing. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll watch He-Man. Mark I, Hamill is going to be Skeletor. So that's a, that's a, yep. Perfect casting. Yep. Yeah. It's, it, it's pretty wild. I think for so many people who don't realize how much of a career he has had not being Luke Skywalker. I know. So here's my fantasy reboot 
and I know there's been some fan speculation out there. This isn't necessarily my idea, although I do think I thought about it a long time ago. <laughs> okay, um, I'm ready. Batman Beyond, yep. live action, yep. Michael Keaton as Batman, old Batman. Yep, old Bruce Wayne. Some, yeah, old, yeah, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I don't have Batman cast, but uh, Terry, Terry McGinnis. Yeah. This old, old Bruce Wayne, Michael old Keaton, Wayne. reprising his role. Batman Beyond was like perfect timing for me. Am I, you know, I was like, I don't know, 13 or 14. So I was like super into tech. Yeah. And Batman. Oh. And like kind of that mid 90s alternative industrial music that the batman beyond soundtrack was like one of the first burn cds i had and i like printed out my own art and laminated it myself and cut it to fit in my my cd wallet that's awesome uh, i loved i loved that series i mean there's a lot of people that want michael keaton to come back for a batman beyond either film or series or something and have him be old bruce wayne um I think he's even, I think he's advertised several times he would love to come back as Batman. I don't know with him under contract for Sony for Spider-Man if yeah. that's gonna cause anything. Like a, a couple of days ago, I saw those, uh, like the, the DC multiverse stuff that they're talking about and I don't know. I gotta ask though, is that your favorite Batman or do you have another favorite Batman? I mean, Batman Returns is untouchable. You know, yeah, it's great. That, that is, Jen said, I think she saw that movie like four or five times in the theaters when it came out. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer is- Is Catwoman. Unparalleled. Danny DeVito, unparalleled. Yep. Uh, he's a little gross to me as a kid though. Like he's just a little gross. Like Sure, but yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously we, you know, Tim Burton yeah. getting to do his thing with a little more of a budget. Yep. and really creating his Gotham. I think that's, I mean, we were talking about Batman quite a bit over the summer because this also didn't really make our episode, but we're pretty politically active and we're involved in quite a bit of the movement over the summer. And the Batman that has developed in the last 10 years feels so... I mean, obviously it's not the Adam West Batman, but it's really not even the Tim Burton Batman. It's it's very pro-cop. And you know, Yeah, and, and you know what's funny about that too is that the thing that bothered me about the Ben Affleck Batman is how bad of a detective he was. Right, and and even the Christopher Nolan Batmans. Like I kind of rewatched it. This was also why we were talking about it this summer or thinking about it this summer was because before all the... Uh, the protest movement kind of picked up its mm -hmm. incredible steam. I was like, you know, I haven't watched Batman Begins or Dark Knight in a long time, and I've got nothing but time right now, so let's watch these again. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, he's not really, he's just a, a big bully that like gets to beat up people more than the cops do, so he's the superhero. And it's, it's not as entertaining. No, I like my favorite Batman is the Kevin Conroy Batman. And that's another reason why I brought up uh, Mark Hamill because you know the that that Batman animated series, the Justice League animated series, like that was my Batman as a kid, um, and I didn't even realize for the longest time that 
Mark Hamill was the Joker. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't make that connection until like later. And I was like, no way. Luke Skywalker's the Joker. Amazing. Yeah. I don't okay. know how much you follow record industry, but uh, there's the record store day. Okay. That happens every year. Okay. Uh, which is kind of like just this historically a celebration of independent record stores supposed to help drive business. And there's a lot of special releases that come out just for that day, super limited, deluxe, whatever. And this year there was a release for something that I had never heard of, but when I got like the advance sell sheets, I was reading it, I was like, what the heck? This sounds so sick. It was the music from a documentary about Batman the Animated Series. What? called Heart of Batman. That's um, amazing. So of course I ordered it and then it's on YouTube, the documentary. It's apparently Warner Brothers was doing a whole slew of digital releases. Uh -huh. I don't know if it was just like material that was intended for like extra features on a Blu-ray release or something. Cause it all kind of feels that way. It's like an hour long documentary on the making of Batman the Animated Series. They have another one that's like an hour long on the history of the Batmobile. Yeah. Just throughout, you know, every iteration. So I'd recommend checking those out. They're yeah, cool. I will definitely check those out. Like, I'm I'm a big bat nerd, bat geek. It's funny watching Heart of Batman after like this record coming out. Uh-huh. Um, because they very, very much enjoyed the score that they had mm -hmm. for it it's like very loud in certain parts of the documentary that kind of <laughs> don't feel that appropriate sometimes it's like the music right. super epic and the topic of conversation is like licensing deals Not, <laughs> it's like they uh well see the thing is maybe a lot of people don't find that stimulating the just topic of licensing deals they're like let's just crank up the music and maybe they can just yeah. jam to the music while uh we're talking about licensing deals and boring yeah. numbers and dividends and stuff like that we don't it's fine fine just crank it up they'll get through it yeah. that's pretty cool i do have to ask though because i ask all of my guests um uh, do you have a conquest toy that you are like, I will search the world far and wide to find this one toy that I have yet to have in my grasp. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, of course there are a few. One of which I'm actually bidding on and winning on eBay right now. Hopefully. Sending you good vibes Well, that I'll, that will come out. I'll email you in, in six days and let you know. Okay, great. If I won. I would say there's a four foot peewee doll that was part of the store display in JCPenney when uh, they were releasing the Pee Wee's Playhouse to uh, clothing line. And you can see in our episode at the shop, I mean, we do focus on Pee Wee, but we, if you look around, there are a few things hanging from the ceiling, Mr. Kite and mm -hmm. back, there's like a cherry and a magic screen um, and a Terry. Uh, those are all vintage uh, store display pieces from JCPenney. Wow. Uh, and there's a cherry doll, which we actually posted on our Instagram within the last month or so. You can okay. see it was we post it was a the point of the photo was uh, some Pee Wee Playhouse VHS sets that we got. But I I posed the VHS tapes on this oversized cherry, which is about Ooh. 
three feet tall um, and there is a matching peewee doll that is to scale with this oversized cherry. Um, it would be a couple of months ago? Uh, not even. It was like beginning of December, I think. Hmm, I don't see it. Ah, come back. It's oh. December 5th. Yep, there we go. I found it. Yeah. These things? That's it. So that chair is about three, three and a half feet tall. Wow. Uh, and there's a peewee that goes with it. And you need this peewee. Gotta have it. You gotta have it. I support you in these endeavors. You should, you should get, oh, look, you got a Star Wars thing right here. Look at you. You've yeah. got Star Wars. Oh yeah. Those all just sold out actually the other day. They're you know, fun. you could probably thank the Mandalorian for keeping Star Wars alive right now. Yeah. That, that baby Yoda. Yeah. Just revived the entire economy that is Star Wars merchandise. What's the most in-demand thing you get asked for? Oh, I don't know. Or is it like even keel between like, I want some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or I want things from He-Man. I don't think I have a good answer. Funko Pops. No, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole thing I do not understand. Definitely not pre-investing in that. I, listen, you and all the rest of the toy store owners, not a fan of Funko. Obviously, Brian's got plenty to say on that, I'm sure. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> I don't but, think he wants to go on record for any of his opinions right, about Funko. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing about vending at these conventions, the Comic Cons and everything. It's like the vintage, the vintage market at the major Comic Cons is like non-existent. You know, people, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what the full mechanics behind that is whether people don't want it so nobody goes there or people that sell it are too intimidated or whatever but like at c2e2 there's usually like maybe two vendors that sell vintage toys um, and everyone else is funko all funko all funko i know i know kokomo does great with theirs though yeah they've definitely got quite a quite a wall but yeah that's not Nothing for me. And I think a part, part of it is also for like adult toy collectors. It's kind of like just the bane of our existence too, yeah. because, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone in that Jen and I are pretty hard to shop for. You know, we don't really want tech stuff or I don't know what are normal people want anymore. Nothing. Normal people don't collect things all digital whatever but yeah. because our parents and aunts and whatever know that we like toys they see these toys at barnes and noble or target or whatever like oh they love ninja turtles look at this cute ninja turtle i'm gonna get this for them for christmas <laughs> and so then we end up with them and they have their own special box in the closet. Nah, you don't ever try to sell them just to get them out of your hair. No, this professional integrity is at stake. Gotcha. I understand there's no judgment. Do you have a favorite Ninja Turtle? What's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Raphael. Is Raphael, me. yes, high five, me too. Yeah, Jen is Donatello, I believe. Donatello's but, like the techie smart one. I like Raphael and then my second favorite is Michelangelo. He's a, he's a solid second favorite. Yeah. 
I always, uh, whenever I order pizza, I always sit there and go, pizza dudes got 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, Raphael was the only one that swore in the movies. Yep. Uh, and I thought that was awesome. And you know, what was funny because in the first movie he did, he did swear. And I think like, that's the movie where parents were like, oh no, we can't have this duck of this, what will the kids think? And then like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 and 3 got super kitschy. And I was like, I was a kid. So I was like, I don't care. This is fine. Yep. But as an adult, I'm like, look what they did. Yep. Look what they did, those parents. Yeah, I mean, two, I think two gets a pass for the Taka and Rezar. Yeah, Taka and Rezar were cute. Classic costume designs um, and Super Shredder. Super Shredder, even though it was very short-lived. Yeah, uh, and Vanilla Ice, although, I mean, I guess this isn't a surprise, but I was pretty, pretty devastated to see that he performed at the Trump New Year's Eve party. Yeah. So... Go Ninja, go Ninja, go, though, is pretty catchy. Yeah. Nick, before we go, where can everyone find you on the social channel, you in the toy store? Uh, it's all just Brickerback Records. At, at Brickerback Records on Instagram, slash Brickerback Records on Facebook, BrickerbackRecords.com. No hyphens, no Ks. Brickerback. People always put Ks in there. There's no K. Oh, I should ask real quick. What is, what is the meaning behind naming the store Brick-a-Brack? Jen came up with it. It was, I guess, I mean, the phrase, it's like a French phrase that means kind of this and that, um, right. technically. But odds and ends, tchotchke, kind of. But in practice, where you most often see it is at, like, thrift stores, there's going to be a Brick-a-Brack section, which is just where all the random junk ends up. And so that's the spirit of the store, just a bunch of random junk and records. I love it. So tell us about what Jen's doing now. Uh, so Jen is pretty shy. So she, she did a great job with the show, um, but she lets me handle a lot of the, the direct interaction. So she's been actually in, in a true representation of our store. Uh -huh. uh, she has her own Instagram page where she posts her records in, in our collection focused on women and punk and new wave. Uh, nice. And at the beginning of quarantine, as you can see in the episode, she started doing some more creative projects. Um, and she has since started making her own toys. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, a lot. You know, we've got a couple friends, which we featured in our episode. Our friend uh, Tim Veda, who made her Jackie Chan toy. Our friend Dan who does Death by Toys. Nice. He does custom figures. And so she started, but she's actually doing sculptures, um, like hand sculpted figurines of women in punk and new wave. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So she's designing the card backs and, and uh, like hand sculpting and painting just kind of started out as for fun, just something to do. And, and she's gotten really good at it and has started taking commissions and they're all one of a kind nice but yeah she's doing toys and records in every aspect of her life that is amazing where can we find her her instagram is shebop uh, shebop she underscore bop is this it that's not it uh there's an that's underscore not it. after bop two underscores there's two underscores yeah and she uh 
posts her toys on Tuesdays, Toy Tuesdays. Yep. Great. Well, Nick, thank you so much for talking to us today at a Toy Store New Year podcast. We're going to check in with you to make sure you guys are still doing well. And I hope you guys get to open up soon. Yeah. Thanks so much for, for having me. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Mint on a card and loose complete prototypes that are really unique. Great Garlu and me go to this and more at a toy store near you. Subscribe to us too. And like and comment. Yeah.